a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Back Rebels and Imperials to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are my friends who I miss sitting around a table with and doing this in person, Liz and Matt. Friends, how are you? Good. Doing well. We both yeah. are talk at the same time because we can't see each other. Yeah. Doing well. <laughs> exactly. More more problems based on us not being in the same room. So Correct. Um, it's been, what, almost a year, I guess, since we did know. We- we're coming up on it though about a year since our last show together it, w- it well was it march we did did we do one in march i don't think we did i don't think we did because it was like mid-march that like everything really got locked down it was march like 13th was like yeah. the day yeah. so yeah. I remember we we mused about the idea it's like maybe we should get a microphone just in case we have to do one or two shows um <laughs> from our house <laughs> one or two yeah one or two, uh, boy, we were so innocent. Years. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so innocent, naive. so naive, exactly. But but we're here. Uh, we're here with our with our long delayed but excitingly. Uh, I'm always excited to talk about this stuff. We're talking about the last two seasons of the Clone Wars because Liz mm-hmm. has finished her Clone Wars watch. Now, Yay. at the end of the episode, I want to talk about your like overall Clone Wars thoughts. But let's just go sort of season by season now. So, Matt, can you give us a little bit of the backstory of season six? Because it's not really a traditional season. No, well, season six was post-cancellation from uh, Cartoon Network. And I think a lot of these, very much similar to what happened with season seven, were just kind of storylines that were in place, never necessarily finished and Netflix picked it back up and uh, gave us these last three story arcs that at the time was going to be the ending of the series as weird and ambiguous as that kind of was. Um, So that's kind of why it feels very disjointed at times. Um, I think that would be my overall description of season six. It's just some good ideas, some shots, some misses. There are a couple of things. There's a comic book series that was a uh, Darth Maul-centric comic book series that was supposed to be an arc in this season. And there was also a novel that came out that was supposed to be part of this season. And so I I think, you know, when you – and also, I I should say, the first four episodes of season seven, The Bad Batch – yeah, we're yep. also supposed to be part of this season. And yeah, so, those are ones that never met, never left like pre pre production. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's um, it's interesting to sort of think about what would have been if it had been a more complete series. Uh, mm-hmm. We should mention the, the comic book that's there is called uh, Star Wars. Sorry, Darth Maul, son of Dathomir. And the novel, I believe, is Dark Disciple. That's what it's called. Um, I should know that. I've read that. That's actually one of the better uh, Star Wars novels of this era. Um, it, yeah, it, it's pretty good. So I feel like it's hard to talk about this season in a vacuum because there is some stuff missing. But mm-hmm. it's there is some interesting stuff here. We also get. I I would say that this is when the series really decides because I. 
I guess they were going to leave Ahsoka for the following season, right? They, they, mm-hmm. The whole idea was this was going to be an Ahsoka list season. And because it's Ahsoka list, it's also Anakin list and Obi Wan list for the most part, right? And so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you replace that classic pairing of Ahsoka and Anakin with Jar Jar and Mace Windu. So. <laughs> yes, yes, you do get that for a couple episodes, and you also get a lot more of a focus on different clone troopers. Mm-hmm. And all of this feels like leading up to the upcoming Bad Batch series, which will be an entire series of just clone trooper stuff. Um. Or rather, like the that small band of clone troopers. Mm-hmm. But um, Liz, did any of these season six episodes stand out to you? Anything you particularly enjoyed or didn't enjoy? Well, I guess I'll start off by saying that the I guess impetus behind me starting to watch season six without really us talking about watching, uh, you know, discussing it on the podcast was after I watched the Ahsoka episode of Mandalorian, um, mm. the Red Eye, which I, I know we discussed and I think was my favorite episode of the season or is my favorite episode of the season. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and watch the Clone Wars. I need to see more Ahsoka. You know, <laughs> change it. You know, she's different in the Mandalorian. Um, you know, she's young. She's plucky in the Clone Wars and that's not the character we get in the Mandalorian. So I kind of wanted to finish her, you know, story in Clone Wars. So I went into season six and I was like, all right, no Ahsoka yet. So I, I feel like all the episodes I kept waiting um, for Ahsoka. And then that was not the case. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like my sort of my viewing of the season was clouded in some sense by that um ultimately because I, I just had some level of expectation that was not fulfilled in season six um just in that sense um but I, yeah i think overall i think i you know i i didn't i i think the last episodes were my favorite in season six if i had to talk about sort of maybe just story arcs that i enjoyed is there um I I know for me that's because I always tend to go more for the Jedi centric stuff. Is it the same yeah. for you, Liz? You know what I I don't know, and you know what I think maybe that is what I tend to gravitate towards, and I don't think it was something I necessarily thought about before, but I I think that is what I tend to gravitate towards now that I think about it. Um, and now that I've sort of consumed just more Star Wars stories, now that I've watched Clone Wars, um, you know, read some other things, not just seen the movies, um, I, I think I do probably gravitate towards the Jedi stories. Yeah. Matt, I think you have a similar uh, favorite episodes of this season. Is that correct? Yeah, I really, I I really like the last arc because I love all the stuff that deals with kind of the bigger idea of the Force, the you know unknowable nature of it, the Jedi's futile attempts to understand it and wield it, and all that sort of stuff. Um, all that weirdness of it, I really love. I mean, I I'm torn because I 
like the first story arc in theory, but in execution, it just feels flat. Like I, I like the idea of, you know, fives trying to figure out about the order 66. And that eventually obviously comes up later in season seven, but it's just kind of not there. And the other two arcs are just not great. So the last one is, you know, far and away the best. I can't say that when I was watching it, it was hard to realize the thing about like, was this meant to be canon? Some of this stuff just seems really out there and then brushed away. Um, so it just, the, the Sith lore I feel is always sort of weird and contradictory and nonsensical. Um, and I think those, the problem with the last episode that kind of highlights that. Um, so again, the, the rule of two, we've talked about being, ridiculous why we had to mention it i don't know <laughs> um and then i was i did spend some time looking up the idea of um moraband versus exegol because i'd gotten that confused when we were first seeing trailers for um the final movie mm-hmm. because so there's two different home worlds of the sith or exegol is the I don't know. Refuge of the Sith. I don't really know. Nobody. I don't. I don't. They just wrote whatever. So, um, but it's cool. You get to, this is probably my favorite on-screen Yoda. Um, so it, it does what Clone Wars, uh, I mean, Attack of the Clones didn't do. It shows him being a badass but because he is wise and powerful with the force, not because he can jump around like a, uh, you know, a cricket. Mm. So mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, if there's one character in the clone wars that you're going to get sort of mystical Jedi shit from Yoda is the one. Right. And I mm-hmm. think that second to that would be Ahsoka actually, because Ahsoka very much seems to, to care about, what it means to be like, I think that Anakin is a Jedi because being a Jedi is cool mm-hmm. <laughs> and because he's so naturally good at it. Yeah. I think Obi-Wan is in a way like just the ultimate rule follower, right? Like he was drafted into the Jedi and so he's going to remain with the Jedi and he does mm-hmm. things by the book and you know, Qui-Gon is dead. And so that pretty much leaves in this era the, of the characters we really know and, and, spend time with Obi-Wan yeah, it's our Anakin, uh, the, Yoda and Ahsoka are like the two sort of more mystical ones and so if you're going to put a character into this setting it makes sense that it's Yoda yeah yeah and I just I love the him versus um, Darth Bane moment mm-hmm. where it almost looks like it's going to be you know an epic fight between good and evil and you just like nah screw that you're not you're dead go away and just, you know, blows away like ash in the wind. So I like that. Yeah. It's a pretty fun episode uh, or that it's a pretty, pretty fun arc. Rather. It's Mm -hmm. funny how both of these seasons, you could really just watch the last arc of each and be more or less satisfied. Yes. Yeah. Um, So, so let's move into, to season seven here for a moment. 
Um, season seven, you know, was came out quite a bit after season six. It was 2020 that it premiered, and um, this season, season six premiered in 2014. So almost exactly six years, like a week and a half shy of six years later. The first arc is uh, is called The Bad Batch, which is sort of the backdoor pilot for the series of the same name, which we're getting later this year. There, That is a, a four-episode um, story arc. Let's take this season arc bar because there's really only three arcs here, so we can we can sort of uh, cover this arc by arc here. Um, I'm excited for the Bad Batch show because of some of the stuff I've seen about it, but if all I had to see about it was this arc, I don't know how excited for the Bad Batch show I'd be. Yeah, it. I don't know it. Uh... I I am still not excited for the Bad Batch show yet. Um, it it just seems stupid. I don't have any other way to put it. Like, I don't know. It reminds me a lot of the film um, Small Soldiers, the one with the uh, the evil um, what is it? The evil toys that mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> fight and try to take over the house. Because they're just the worst tropes and just it's boring and stupid. I don't I don't know. This was for some reason, something I heard about a good deal before watching the season was the Bad Batch. So I felt like it was something I was anticipating. And then once I saw it, it was a letdown. Mm hmm. But it does seem like something that could be expanded upon if it's done well. You know, and I agree, Matt. I feel like they're sort of, you know, tropes or character traits that aren't really maybe done well here. But maybe in the new show, if, you know, these are characters that are developed differently, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe it could be interesting. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. And I I will say... The the Echo storyline is really good. I like that, and I like Rex in the episode. Um, the regret of leaving a man behind and um, seeing a bit more of the techno union is pretty cool. But again, I just... The Bad Batch themselves leave a bad taste in my mouth. It Here's a question. Is the series a prequel to this? No. Because where... Okay. How much time is left in the Clone Wars post this storyline? It doesn't take place during the Clone Wars. Oh, so they have survived Order 66 and they're just freewheeling. Yes. Okay. Um, from what I gather, um, well, first of all, uh, what is her name? Fennec from mm-hmm. uh, Mandalorian. She is going to be a major character in the show. And so that's, that I'm excited about. That's pretty interesting. And then I had heard some discussion of uh, perhaps there being some um, uh, Commander Cody action on that show as well. Okay. And so those things interest me a little bit more than just like your standard Bad Batch story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I just... What I think is, right now, Disney can do whatever it wants to do with Star Wars. 
if it's going to take the time to do a Bad Batch show, there has to be a reason why they're doing that show. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there there has to be some story they want to tell because it seems like they got to finish off the Clone Wars. They could just be leaving well enough alone, but they're choosing not to do that. So what is it about that? that what is it about the story that has them excited to go back and tell more? Okay. That that that's that's the optimist in me. Um, <laughs> we'll see if that's a futile and stupid gesture, but you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'll. I don't know. I'm just worried it's going to be an animated A team. Yes, <laughs> and I think that's a very fair worry to have. Um, <laughs> that I actually thought of the A team. That's interesting that you said that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It, <laughs> Yeah, it feels like a mix of characters from the A Team and Gremlins Two. <laughs> so the new batch. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> isn't that the name? Isn't that the subtitle? I think, uh, yeah, it is. Okay, <laughs> that's great. Oh my gosh, maybe that is the inspiration. Maybe. Yeah. Don't feed the bad batch after midnight. <laughs> uh, all right. So the the, the second arc of uh four episodes is um i i don't i don't, I don't want to say what <laughs> <sighs> so here's here's my problem with these episodes right so much of this season was people waiting to get to an ahsoka story mm-hmm and when we got to the Ahsoka story, the first couple of episodes were really not that interesting. No. And there's one in particular here where I think it's the seventh episode where you basically it, – it the episode ends – there was a before – ends with Ahsoka being captured. And this episode ends with Ahsoka attempting to escape but again being captured. And it just felt like, why did I watch this episode? Everyone is ending up exactly where they were last time. There's nothing new here. There's nothing. I just watched 30 minutes of them basically looking at their watch and being like, yeah, it's getting late. But, uh, you know. It's just like waiting for Godot. Uh. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it was just it, it was really, really tough to to get into. And I, I, I get that they wanted to do like a, a complete story you know 12 episodes and all of that but it just seems to me like there is no reason for this to have this arc could have been one no. episode yeah i mean and <laughs> the <laughs> the purpose of the arc feels like it's to introduce bokatan and then get to a really great story that you then rush i yes. feel if it was a normal like a normal amount of episodes this storyline could have been fine but I feel when you had so little to like so little time on screen you choose to spend so much of it doing this I don't I don't get it yeah and I I liked the characters I I feel like for the most part the sisters it was Mm -hmm. Trace but yeah like it I don't know why they spent so much time 
with them. I, I, you, they could have done like one of the stories. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I agree. It's just, just a weird, just a weird way to spend. Was it three episodes? Four episodes? I think it was four, right? Um, yeah, it's four episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just seems to me like both the Bad Batch and this other arc each could have been two episode arcs. Mm-hmm. And it would have probably been absolutely fine. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Where the real money is here, though, is is the last four episodes, which are, are more or less presented as almost like as a movie. Did you guys mm-hmm. get the same sense of that? Yeah. There was a distinct difference, even just in the color of like the Clone Wars title card. The yep. music it was like it was the official Star Wars music. Just everything about it felt different. Even the music in the episodes. Mm-hmm. It was also they used the old school Lucasfilm logo from like yep. the VHS cassettes. You know, it, it really it felt special. And I feel like this is the story that people have wanted since Ahsoka walked away from the Jedi Order. Yeah. It it, it, it's probably the most emotionally resonant of any Star Wars film. And if you were to take this and separate it off into a film, like it it is it is heartbreaking in ways a lot of other things aren't. And I understand part of that is because we've gotten a lot more time with Ahsoka than with other people, a lot more time with Rex than other people. But I just feel it's just well done, well executed. The decisions are well made. Um, and seeing Maul rip apart a starship from the inside is cool. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will tell you that, that I guess it's just who I am, maybe why I'm a Star Wars fan or I'm just somewhat optimistic. Up until, I'm going to say, the <laughs> second to last episode, I was like, Oh, you know what? Ahsoka and Anakin, they'll kill them all together. Everything will end happily. And then by like, once the second last episode started, I was like, ooh, I see where this is headed. Things are not ending well. Mm. <laughs> I know exactly how this is going to end. But up until, you know, almost the end, I really had, uh, I don't know, high hopes. But So what did you think of, of, this, of this last arc, Liz? Um, I... I thought it was excellent. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I know Matt mentioned that, you know, the emotional resonance, and I wrote that in some of my notes, just um, uh, where was it that I wrote down? I'm um, just like when Rex and the clones painted their helmets, mm-hmm. um, the markings, I thought that was one of the most, you know, emotional parts of, you know, all of Clone Wars and just, you know, and a lot of things that happened in a lot of Star Wars that I've seen. Um, um, I, even just when, you know, they executed order 66, which, you know, I have mixed feelings about just in general, I, I felt like I felt more emotion when the clones attacked Ahsoka than when Anakin turned and attacked the younglings, mm. um, which, you know, surprised me, um, also, um, well, it, it, it seems like. Like with with Anakin, there is a reason for him doing this. You might not agree with the reason, but there's a reason there. It comes so out of the blue towards Ahsoka, 
that you feel how she must have felt in the moment, which is just, why is this happening? Why are my friends betraying me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seems like moments earlier, you know, they were so behind her, and it's just such a drastic change. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's... yeah, and it's like Rex's willingness to turn on his brothers, his reluctance, and then willingness because he knows what must be done, um, is really great to see. It just again, it, it's powerful. It's powerful in a way that we haven't seen some other people who have had to turn against former allies, you know, just without care. Like it, it's good. It's good. Well, you mentioned before, Matt, having a lot of time with these characters, you know, the clone troopers play a minor role at best in the two films they appear in. Mm -hmm. And so when order 66 happens, you are supposed to feel like overall dread for this. But you don't really know the Jedi they're killing, and mm -hmm. you don't really know the troopers that are doing the killing. Here you know both. You know they're going after Ahsoka, who's more or less the protagonist of the series. And you know these troopers. You've spent time yeah. with these troopers. And so it's heartbreaking on both ends. It it, it just it works really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, as I was re-watching this, I was just taken by... You know, it's really easy for us to say how bad the prequels were, but I think that this could not have been pulled off in the prequels because of the time commitment. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was I was more struck with just gratitude that we finally got this, like, meaningful Order 66 sequence, mm -hmm. you know. Because uh, I do think, you know, as a Star Wars fan my entire life, this felt the most like what I always thought that would feel like. Mm hmm You know, versus yeah. what we got in in uh Revenge of the Sith. Um Yeah, and I think a, a lot of season six and season season seven really adds to Revenge of the Sith, a lot of the storylines really show what's going on outside of that, the very specific lens of that film. Um, and again, you see such a character development of Rex. Because, um, I mean, we have the, with everything with Fives initially, his beginning to doubt some of the kind of existence of the clone troopers and what they're there for. We see him really turn against the Jedi um, in the Bad Batch, not trusting their instincts or their beliefs, um, which really puts them in a position for Order 66 to be one of the few that can really resist it all. Um, so, again, it, you, you couldn't do that in a film, obviously. That was hours and hours of TV time. Um, but it does add some more when you go back and watch Revenge of the Sith, you it, it props it up a bit. It fleshes it out in a way that makes that film better. And I think that's that's the mark of great Star Wars um, kind of ancillary media is when it can make the films better. That's really the best it can be. Hmm. Yeah. And and I think that even if it doesn't 
uh, I don't want to say redeem the films, but even the stuff in Clone Wars that doesn't help the films at all, I still think that stuff is good enough to justify the, the existence of the Clone Wars. Like, there, there are some Star Wars novels that I slash we have read that you just feel like, what's the point of this? Does this <laughs> add anything to the overall Star Wars story? And I want to ask Liz what she thinks Clone Wars adds to the overall Star Wars story after we take a break. So we'll return in just a moment and uh, we'll get into sort of our overall looking back at the Clone Wars thoughts. So stay tuned. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commandy. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinbro, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe. Subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. And we are back. So, you know, uh, just looking at the Clone Wars sort of overall, I think that when it first was on the air and I wasn't watching it, what I heard from people like Matt was that the Clone Wars is really good. And the phrase I kept hearing was it makes the prequels better. Mm. And I don't know if I agree with that or not. Not that I don't like the Clone Wars. I just don't know if that's a fair assessment of this, of the series. But I think that when you talk to people now about the Clone Wars, they're going to say it's what brought Ahsoka into the Star Wars universe because of Ahsoka showing up in other media, including the Mandalorian, her character profile has never been higher than it is right now. And so I think that while Ahsoka was always a really good part of the Clone Wars, I think the narrative now is that she's the reason that the show, that basically her existence makes the entire series worthwhile. And I think that's, I think that's valid. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would I would agree with that. Yeah, I yeah, I feel like, you know, coming in as someone that, you know, just started watching this, I guess, what this past summer. Um, yeah. And, you know, I would agree that Clone Wars does add, you know, to the prequels, like, you know, you just said, Brian, I think Matt explained nicely earlier. But I think for me, you know, the biggest takeaway here in terms of a new character, you know, is Ahsoka. And a character that I like and I, you know, want to know more about, um, I, you know, and, I, you know, well, I guess I'll, you know, I'll keep my plan is to, you know, in turn, watch Rebels and to learn more about Ahsoka and the other characters in that series. Um, so I feel like Clone Wars has led me to want to um continue you know consuming different types of star wars as well maybe other things would have too um but you know i feel like it's done that for me and i i think also just and maybe because of ahsoka it's given me a bit of a different perspective on 
um, Anakin as well. I feel like I do feel a bit more sympathy for him. Um, even at the end of season seven, when Ahsoka returned um, and didn't really have time to catch up, it mm. like Anakin was disappointed and upset. And I, I don't know. And I, you know, I realize, you know, the way season seven ends, you know, um, which is, you know, disappointing. Um, but I, I feel like it did. Um, I don't know. It gave me a different perspective on Anakin as well. Yeah, I, I think that the Anakin thing is really interesting because I one of my critiques of the Clone Wars is is a backhanded compliment, which is that it does a really good job of making you care about Anakin, but not making you care about the Anakin of the films. <laughs> like there, there's almost nothing in this that relates to that Anakin. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's true. I I tried when we rewatched the prequels. Yeah. I got a little, a little, a little sympathy, but not a lot. I mean, it just, I, I just wish that there was, I wish there was connective tissue there, but to make, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword because to make this Anakin interesting you can't make him like that, Anakin, <laughs> right? And so to connect them is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. That's accurate. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, I mean, it's such a great moment when he gives her the lightsabers and assumes that she's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be okay. He's got his friend back. And just the disappointment of that. And the question of, you know, if she was back in the scene, would he have still fallen? Would she, was she the one that could have actually saved him? I was just going to ask you guys the same question. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole other element, a whole other level that wouldn't have existed without Clone Wars. Mm hmm. I mean, I don't know if anybody would have had the ability to really save Anakin. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to realize like he's he, he's essentially had been brainwashed from birth to believe one thing. And then his entire world is thrown into upheaval. And it's, there's just there, there, there's so much there. I don't know. I don't know if anything could have really saved him. But I think it would have been a very different situation if he was if he had her sort of grounding him through all of this mm-hmm. yeah i just I, I don't know it's it's a fascinating question um was there any non-anakin character that you guys felt overall in the clone wars you got a, to see a different side of or appreciate more because of the clone wars hmm. pa- uh, i think it really fleshed up padme a lot hmm I wish we got more Padme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about Obi-Wan? Did did we learn anything new about Obi-Wan? I mean, I mean we did we, we did I mean we did factually learn well, more things. Like <laughs> like, you know, uh we, we, we see his you know his his romantic side a little bit, but mm-hmm. d- does that does that change how you look at Obi-Wan? I feel like Obi-Wan is always very steadfast in his convictions and who he is, which is what I like about him. 
and I feel like it's very similar in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I like that he loved someone, but I'm not sure it, it and you know, it, it perhaps deepens who he is in my mind, but it doesn't, you know, change too much. He's still the same character that I like, but maybe it deepens, you know, his character a little bit for me, but I feel like Obi-Wan is always very, you know, he's steadfast. He is who he is. And that's what I like about him. And that seems to continue in Clone Wars for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it gave us more of what made, obi-wan great in the films i don't know if it necessarily changed the character from the films the same thing like we see a lot more mace windu but we just see that he's just an asshole (laughs) so (laughs) like oh we knew that already okay continue more assholery but uh yeah i'm trying to think i don't i don't know Yeah, yeah because rex isn't in the movies, correct? If it's Cody is, in the films, I think Cody and Rex both might be mentioned by name. Okay, but they don't mm-hmm. really do anything. Gotcha. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. In some ways, I think that the characters best served by the Clone Wars, not surprisingly, are the characters created for the Clone Wars. Yeah, or, or, or the characters that are given, like even if Cody and Rex are mentioned, you know, but like the characters that are really given the most screen time. Um, I wonder, and this would never work, like, you know, typically when people sign contracts to make a number of films, you don't waste a lot of time in between filming those, those you know, movies. But mm-hmm. I wonder if they had done three or four seasons of The Clone Wars truly in between the two films, if that would have changed anything. Like if if episode mm. four, I'm not four three. Sorry, came out like at the end of a couple of years of making these films, letting the characters age more naturally, and giving you could give Hayden Christensen then all this stuff to watch, and say let this inform your portrayal. You know, <laughs> um, I I, st- I still will maintain yeah. he did nothing wrong, that he was he was uh, just cast in an unwinnable project Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he didn't he didn't write those lines he didn't or tell him how to direct or tell him (laughs) how to act those lines yeah 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 that's why i am very nervous about the fact that he may be that he is in the obi-wan series because that's not the Anakin that I care about. That's not the Anakin I want to see. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll see. Oh, um, Maul. Yeah, I Dar- guess Maul we get a lot of, right? Oh. Yeah. How do we forget? How do we forget about Darth Maul? Well, because he's kind of in the movies, but yeah, yeah. That that's a character that really they capitalized on. Spider legs. Spider legs. Yeah. Nope. It's going to be really interesting to see if any of that is ever, um, is like if the stuff from solo was ever picked up on again, Mm. because if so, then the, then there is so much more here than there is 
I mean, there are there already is so much more here, but like the mall of the Clone Wars, in a way, is like the Anakin of the Clone Wars, where they don't really resemble their film mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's and that's again where I don't want to see the guy from Phantom Menace. I want to see the guy from the weird sci-fi show where they live with a ghost. I don't that's know right. what his name is. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> you know, uh, the hot vampire. Yeah. Like, I want to see him in the role because he was amazing. Right. Yeah. But. (laughs) Well, it's going to be interesting. Like, you know, thinking about. See, we know more about Maul than Liz does. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say too much because of Rebels stuff. But spoiler alert, Maul's a part of Rebels. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. But I feel like. There's a way to tell. I think there's more of a way to tell a mall story with I, I can't I can't even say anything. It's just gonna be too spoilery for Liz. No, no, no. No, I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't want to influence the way you feel about this stuff going into it. I want you to watch Rebels kind of clean. Um mm-hmm. you know. But yeah. So, you know, here we are at the end of Clone Wars. Uh Matt, I know this is is this your favorite of the Star Wars properties overall? No, Reb- Rebels is. Rebels is? Okay. Um, yeah. I but mean, it's hard I, to separate the two in a lot of ways. It is. I, I think that, um, you know, to, to paraphrase a, 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 a really overused, uh, you know, uh, s- sentence here, uh, Clone Wars walked so Rebels could run. Like mm. in, a, in a lot of ways, you could, the story of Rebels wouldn't work without, the Rex and the Ahsoka and the Anakin and the Maul of the Clone Wars. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you need the stuff that happens here mm-hmm. to put, to put the world in the place that rebels then can, can really succeed then. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think it does a good job too of, I think we talked about this, but like widening the, boundaries of what star wars is and can be and rebels really capitalizes on that yes yeah it plays in the weeds of the weird (laughs) in such good ways yes yeah uh liz i'm gonna give you the final word on the clone wars go for it final word well i am very glad that uh i am doing this podcast with both of you so i got to watch all of clone wars um, it, it it got better as it went on. Also, <laughs> yeah. it was tough to get through with uh, those droid episodes. Yes, but uh, it was it was all worth it for those last four episodes of season seven and those in the final scene. Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I now know Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Ahsoka really is. You know, if she wasn't in other Star Wars media, it would be harder to to make this claim. But I'm gonna make this claim. Ahsoka is like my. St- in my top five Star Wars characters ever, mm. like she, yeah. she, she has, um, she has transcended so much to, to get, you know, in my own esteem, to for her to be the the annoying snips of the Clone Wars movie, to go to where you know when I saw her on screen I cried in the Mandalorian, right? Like so to to mm-hmm. to go between those two things is really pretty incredible. 
That's some yeah. great development. It is. Yeah, she's fantastic. I love her. Now, now I know why she's Amelia's favorite. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my daughter loves her some some Ahsoka, um, <laughs> and and I also think that this is this that Ahsoka is the hope of Star Wars in a way because, like, when you think about it, the prequel trilogy should have probably tanked Star Wars forever. Not many franchises can pull off three bombs, three critical bombs in a row. Uh, commercially, they did very, mm-hmm. very well. Or if they, like, I really think that if it wasn't, if it wasn't for George Lucas's clout, if it was almost any other franchise, they wouldn't have finished the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Because the first one was so poorly received and the second one was so poorly received, right? But, like, mm-hmm. but they, they followed through. And so that should have killed star wars and then if you look at how poorly the rise of skywalker was received in a way that should have killed star wars Mm -hmm. right but the fact that more than anything else this season of the mandalorian the two things people talked about were luke which is obviously always going to be a big deal but the second one was ahsoka yeah, and even yep. before we knew that Luke was going to be there, Ahsoka was the story, and the fact that a character from a not very well watched animated series can get Star Wars fans this excited shows you how powerful the the character is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't wait for that show. Yeah, I'm excited. It's an exciting time. Mm-hmm. it is well thank you for listening folks we we truly appreciate it we hope that you enjoyed it we'll be back in a couple weeks with another new episode and remember until then the force will be with you always